Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale. She is Matilda Garnes. Did I get it right this time? (laughs) Yeah. It's perfect. And uh, we will talk to her in a second. But first, I have to thank my sponsor, C4 Energy, Cellucor, and Extend. Make sure you go to official Extend, X-T-E-N-D, or cellucor.com. Use the code Clydesdale, and you can get at least 20% off all of your supplements. Um, And that is because if they're running a deal, they want to make sure you get the best deal. So you'll get 5% off more than whatever deal they're running. Or if they're not running a deal, you get 20% off. I use the hydration sticks. I use the BCAAs, and I use the whey protein every single day. Uh, The hydration sticks come in lemon lime strawberry banana and raspberry lemonade and they are the best flavors not too salty not too sweet just right make sure you go to soyucor.com or official xtend.com use the code Clydesdale and get 20% off with that I'm so excited to be with my friend Matilda Garnes um world champion Matilda Garnes <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> how how does that feel? It feels pretty cool <laughs> to be able to call myself a world champion. Yeah, it's nice fun. <laughs> so you have had a pretty amazing off season. Yes, it's been a lot of competitions. <laughs> a lot. And you've done, and it's like you're doing increasingly well at each one, each one, you get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, and you, and you, and really, isn't that the goal? Like every day we're trying to get a little bit better. Yeah. That's the goal every day, every session. So you are doing awesome. So let's, let's just recap for a couple people. Um, and you started off with Madrid. Yeah. Madrid, you went team. Yes. And just happened to throw a gold medal in on that one. Yeah, we did. It was a nice fun being on a team again. So what was that like? So how many members of that team were part of the Oslo team that went to the games and podiumed? Two of them. Okay. So it was so, Evan and Ingrid. Okay. And then the other two were not on that team. You were individual. What was the other member doing last year? Uh, he went on a team as well uh, on the other CrossFit Oslo team. Or not. It's not the other team. It's another good team. Uh, it was the CrossFit Oslo Purple Red. Okay. Yeah. So he yeah. was also at the games last year. So... Why is it 
that Norway is becoming the new Iceland? <laughs> we like to hear that. <laughs> um, I think we have a pretty good thing going around in Norway, especially in Oslo. Almost all the athletes from Norway are training at CrossFit Oslo. And we have an amazing athlete community with like everyone pushing each other. We have really good coaches, physiotherapists, mental coaches. And Christian Holte has kind of led the way for all of us. And we also have uh, a national team in functional fitness. So we have a federation uh, where we have a lot of support and we have training camps uh, and just a lot of support around us with like insurance, physiotherapists, coaches, and so on. So I think it's just, it's built by the athletes for the athletes, but, but also the federation and, and the supportive team around us. So with the Federation, that means that Norway considers functional fitness to be a national sport. Yeah. Correct? How important is that for your success and your support? It is important. I think like all of us uh, did go to the World Championship, even though it's not that big as the CrossFit Games or even the semifinal is is a higher level competition than the world championship in functional fitness. But I think um, us going there, uh, it makes us, it's doing, it's able to have the national team and all the support. And that's important for not only the world championship, but also all the other competitions like the games and the semifinal and Madrid, just because we have the the community and, and the support. So I think people kind of think CrossFit and functional fitness are separate, but for us in Norway, it's it's just one big thing. And like all of us that are competing in functional fitness are also competing in CrossFit. So it's kind of, it feels like we have a national team in CrossFit, uh, but but it's functional fitness. Yeah, you, you understand? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very much like Norway has said functional fitness is a, is a national sport. So therefore, just like ice skating or an Olympic sport, we are going to support those athletes to get to whatever their world championship and or the Olympics are. Yeah. And so do they support the world championships like the IF3? And do you get like, do they send you there themselves? Or do you have to do that on your own? Yeah, they are. They are sending us there. So we don't have to pay anything, and uh, but for the competitions without like um, the CrossFit competitions, we have to pay ourselves. So it's not that big yet, but uh, they they sent us to the World Championship, and we also have a national competition, like yeah, the nationals. And there's, I think that was in September, the week after Madrid, uh, and that's how we qualify for the Worlds, and then the federation sent us to Mexico to represent our country. Yeah, it's it's really a cool concept that's been done here in the States with Olympic sports forever. It's just the United States has not deemed functional fitness to be one of the national sports. Yeah. Yeah. See, I grew up as a swimmer and swimming is an Olympic sport. So that was supported by the government if you made the Olympic team or the national team to anything you went to for that, the nationals, worlds, Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. So I never, 
I hope CrossFit gets there one day. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Have you seen the effect on the country of more people participating in CrossFit across the country or functional fitness, not necessarily as a competitive thing, but because it's a national sport in Norway, just doing it for their own health. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's getting bigger and bigger in Norway. It's not it's not as big in Norway as it is in the States. So it's just getting bigger every year, every competition. I feel like um, after the world last year, there was like some more people knew about my sport. And this year it was like more people again. So it's getting bigger and bigger um, as, a, as a sport they want to follow, like follow from the stream or just follow me and the other athletes in Norway. But it's also getting bigger as a training form, like just um yeah doing their own health stuff training yeah do when you go to worlds like Kristen won last year you won this year is that news in your country yeah it is but it's not all it's not on tv but it's in the in the papers and yeah do you get recognized now that you're a world champion or have we not got to that level yet uh, some places I do, especially now I just um, traveled home to my family uh, in northern Norway, in Mosham. It's a pretty small city, so the whole city is really proud of me and we don't have like a lot of athletes and it's always in the papers here, like the first. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they, they are recognizing me and like saying congratulations wherever I go. <laughs> it's very cozy. It's a small, small city, so they are really supportive. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny because when I was younger and I was a swimmer, I grew up in a very, very small town and every achievement I ever accomplished made the local paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and mom, mom clipped it all out and uh, put it in a scrapbook for me to have later <laughs> in life. Um, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah. It's here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's let's talk IF3 just real quick because I'm not sure people here in the States even understand. They know it exists. I know we have a, a US team. Uh, it's not supported like Norway does, but it's similar to CrossFit, but there's there are more knowns or more things that you know when you go to a competition. Can you explain yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, so it's kind of like a set format. You always have six events and it's different categories so the first one is endurance and then you have strength and then you have a body weight skill test and you have a body weight endurance test and one mixed test that's more like normal crossfit like you can just take different kind of movements and put them together and then you have a power test like a short one okay, so but I feel like it's pretty similar to CrossFit because you always have a longer endurance event, like running at the Rogue, the Capitol at the Games. Uh, and that could have been the endurance event at the World Championship. And then you always have a sprint and that's the power. And you always have a sprint in the, in the big CrossFit competitions uh, anyways. And the mix is just normal CrossFit-ish. So... Yeah, it feels kind of different, but, uh, but also the same. But you know more, and you also know the tests maybe two weeks prior to the competition. 
so you can test the events and your and like new movements and stuff. Um, yeah. So would it be fair to say it's a lot like semifinals? Yeah. Then very much six events. You know at least a handful. You know all the tests before yeah. you go. Um, it just depends on how much you know and how soon you know, depending on the semifinals in the past. Uh, it's going to be interesting this year with CrossFit running those semis to know how much advanced notice you'll get on those workouts. Yeah. And it's a lower volume, I think, in total, because there's always only six events. Uh, and some of them are pretty short, especially the power event. So, like, my body is kind of screwed after the games. But after the World Championship, it's like I, I only need maybe some days or a week rest and I'm I'm on again. Except from now. <laughs> now I have a Christmas holiday. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's not uh, like you're getting wrecked after the competition <laughs> right right um so before we get into next season let's let's keep walking through i think and just so people know if3 was held in mexico this year yeah and next year is in norway so everyone has to come <laughs> i'm i'm there let's Good. go i've never been i have never been to europe wow really yeah then you should come visit in norway it's uh, it's cold, but it's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think like we're pretty much at the same latitude. Yeah. Um, as you guys, so I'm guessing the weather's pretty similar, but you have more mountains. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you went from Madrid, and then you got the invite to Rogue. Yeah. Uh, and you did that through the qualifier. Yes. So even, I though, a month, even though you had a... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I had a month in September where I did the, the Rogue Qualifier the first weekend. And then I had a competition in Norway from a sponsor. It's like ATA Games. And then I had Madrid and then the national nationals in Norway. So I had four competitions in a row in September. And the Rogue Qualifier was one of them. Yeah. So So let's talk about that first. So four weeks, four events. How? What does that do to your training? I've tried the whole off season to have normal training, and so we managed that pretty okay. And did a lot of work on my weaknesses and never like skipped a session except the day I did the competition. So I never try like prioritize the competition really much. I had to just blend it into my off-season training because I know what I need to work on. Um, and we managed that pretty well. But of course, it will interrupt training a bit, especially if it's travel days and stuff. Yeah, because you have, you've traveled all over the world. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you're improving so much. So no, none of the competitions you've done this year were a priority training was was a priority over that or for worlds did you try to peak uh no i actually i didn't try to peak um if i prioritized something it was dubai so after dubai i just took a holiday and just had to 
do my very best at the world championship because I had to choose like, okay, I, I need to rest after <laughs> Dubai. And I also struggled a bit with uh, jet lag, sleeping and being a bit tired after the Rogue. Uh, so it's been a crazy off season, but uh, I'm also pretty close to hit the wall a bit, to be honest, but I stopped in time. So, uh, and I didn't sign up for Miami with the Palooza and as I was supposed to. So now I'm, I'm resting and yeah, I know it's, it's really sad. I'm, I'm having such a FOMO, <laughs> but uh, I need to do something for my body now. <laughs> yeah. And totally, totally understandable. The 20, 23 game season. Yeah, it, it's totally understandable. And I'm just, I'm actually kind of blown away when training is the priority, except for Dubai, and the performances you put in this year don't indicate that you prioritized training over the event, that's got to feel good in some way. Yeah, of course, it does. I think I didn't feel uh, really good at the competitions. Like I felt, you know, when you feel kind of heavy because you're doing so much strength training, especially for me, since that my, that's my biggest weakness. And I just, I felt I always had to lower my expectations before the competitions. And then when it, when, when it goes well, it feels really good. Uh, but I think maybe for me, my way to like be in a good shape for a competition is maybe to actually be strong because I'm pretty good at gymnastics and conditioning. So doing off-season strength training for me is almost like I, pref I perform better because I'm too weak, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So for the rogue yeah. uh, where it's, it's a lot of heavy things and a lot of strength, heavy barbells, strong one stuff, uh, doing the off-season training was kind of my way to be in a good shape for the competition, I like to peak because I had to peak in the strength i didn't have to peak in the conditioning or the gymnastics anyways so yeah so speaking of that you said it yourself that that rogue is is pretty much a, a strength event um they do have some fun endurance things running yeah. the hill uh different things like that but um what was it like to do muscle ups on a log and then lift the log. Two different events, of course. Two but. different events, yeah. Um, I love muscle ups. Like I think I'm. It's maybe it's my absolute favorite movement, and I think I'm also one of the best in the world in muscle ups, especially ring muscle up, maybe. But I, it was really hard. It was not fun. <laughs> I struggled so much <laughs> with the log. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was looking so much forward to that event. Um, like I wanted to fight for a top three position or score. Uh, but no, <laughs> <laughs> I need to practice that. It's just hard because you don't have you don't have that at home, and you, I don't think you can buy it either. So. Yeah, it was hard, harder than I ex expected. So for, for those of us who didn't get to jump up there and do that, it was a much thicker diameter. Yeah. And how, how smooth was it? Were you able 
to get a grip on it at all? No. <laughs> it was not smooth no. at all. Every rep was oh. like... It felt like I did my first... I rem remember when I did my first barma slap in uh, like 2017, 16 maybe. And I did like a strict chicken wing kind of thing. <laughs> it, it was... I just felt like I went five years back and was just back at chicken winging and just like you, you were like laying here and just had to hold on just wait, 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 wait. like i used 10 seconds at the top just to manage to press out it was really weird um yeah i felt like i did cross it for the first time again <laughs> yeah we have a person in the chat that said that fomo is a universal word and thought that was funny and then now we have chicken wing we know chicken wing is a universal word as well yeah. Uh, for how how someone does a muscle up the first time yeah or when you um, do <laughs> <laughs> uh so you do that and you, you struggle but then you you get to lift that log and for someone with the long levers that you have like that's a long way to go from floor to overhead yeah it is so so did and I can't remember exactly what your placing was in that event. Were you happy with how you did or did you struggle? I was not happy how I placed at the Rogue, but I was really happy about how I managed to get a lot of progression the, the weeks before Rogue um, from the day I first tried the log and uh, until the competition. Um, so I did hit like five or 10 kilos more uh, in training, but I just, I just missed. And we, we only had, I don't know, I remember like 40 seconds or something. Uh, so I really wish I had like one more attempt uh, because I, I, feel, I felt like I didn't reach my potential. Uh, but also it was like all the other girls missed the next one. So if I, if I hit one more weight, because I won the the tiebreaker with the with the carry, so if I hit had hit the next weight, I would actually have placed like second or third, third I think. But then all like all eight girls just failed the same weight, so we were just placed. Then I got eleven or tenth or something. But yeah, it was it was fine. It was I actually enjoyed lifting the log. It was fun. It was fun just doing clean and jerks and I'm, I'm pretty good at power cleans but i struggle with the squatting so just pulling it up to the front rack and then doing the jerk it was uh it was a good moment for me but i but i missed the weight i should have hit yeah but that's how so it is at the, at the end of rogue and uh, we're, i'm going to talk about the elephant in the room the other the other weakness you have is deficit handstands uh, we had that at the games, then you have it again at Rogue. And are, are, is that something you're working on in the office? I'm assuming, I'm assuming it is one of the main focuses. Um, how is that coming along? Um, I think it might look like I'm not working on it. <laughs> because from the games to the Rogue, it was like, it's not getting better. Uh, but I'm actually, I have, a, I have had a lot of progression in normal strict hands and push-ups and strict deficit hands and push-ups on plates. Um, so I was actually like, I was kind of hoping for it to 
be in one of the competitions because I, I just got so much better from semifinals to games and from the games to Rogue. But I think the I was only better at normal strict hands and push-ups and plate deficit hands and push-ups. And I just struggled so much with the wall facing and the parallettes, especially since we had to uh, be very, very narrow with our hands. Uh, I actually did the workout in training and then I completed the workout like the but then I had the parallettes as wide as the normal standard, like I could choose myself. So yeah, it, it just felt really weird at Rogue, but it, because it didn't feel like it was my shoulders, my legs were too wide. So I got to know it before I even got to try, if you understand. Yep. But I think, so I feel like I could have done more repetitions if it was like the strength in my shoulders, but I probably still would have placed last or second last or something. Uh, but for me, it was only me against me <laughs> in that yeah. event. Uh, and I'm working a lot of um, a lot on it now. I'm doing strict hands and push-ups like four or five times a week. Um, and it's getting better, but it's a long way. Uh, but I'm, I'm really motivated to work on it. So I just have to keep going. And you are 5'10". Oh, I'm like 174 centimeters. How much is that? <sighs> Yeah, it's like you and I are talking a different language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also um, have really long arms, but it's no excuse. It's just like I just have to get even stronger. So Yeah, I it's I'm not making an excuse for you, but it But yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> it, it makes you popular because you're overcoming something that other people don't have to overcome. And and I think that's really awesome. And I think that should be highlighted that you're doing all this work to compensate, to get over that. And we're not going to make an excuse. We want you to do it, but you're going to do it, right? Yes. <laughs> I yes. Am. So, so I, I watching you this season, your strength numbers, I think are getting much better. Yeah. <clears throat> and so we haven't seen evidence of the handstand pushups yet. Go, going into next season, is your hope that handstand pushups are in like a semifinal or do you want to wait and show it at the games? I think I, I shouldn't hope for straight handstand pushups at the semifinals because it can, if it's like wall facing strict or parallel strict again, it might be that bad that I can't qualify uh, but of course I want to show the world that I'm getting better uh, so it's like mixed feelings you you don't you don't want to qualify for for the games with just uh, like being lucky with the movements I don't want to have like only ring muscle ups and power cleans and no like nothing that I'm none of my weaknesses but then because then i feel like i'm not like it's not deserved in a kind of way and you and then you you get to the games and you just get everything thrown at you but i think it it's better for me that it's three times the push-ups at the games than the semi-finals because i'm still pretty new and i don't have any guarantee that i will qualify again um yeah 
we'll see. Um, I just have to, I can't, I can't do anything about it. So I just have to do the strict hands and push-ups every day <laughs> anyways, <laughs> and just hope for the best and hope that I get better. Again, again, I'm not making excuses for you, but you, you were a games rookie five months ago. Yeah. Games rookie. You have murdered the off season and done so well with so many events. And I see your strength numbers where in a stacked rogue field, you're, you're in that, that 50% mark where damage control has been accomplished. It's just that one movement that will, if you get that down, you're propelled into a podium contender. Thank you for believing in me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and that's just me as someone who watches the sport all the time, watching you, what I see. Yeah, I think it, it kind of feels better that I have <laughs> one or two weaknesses that I have to improve uh, than having, like, at the games, I had a lot of top 10 placements. Um, and that's, I think it's, it's better to have a lot of good uh, placements and some really bad that you can work on just then all the events being at like from 20 to 30 because then you kind of have to work through everything so it feels kind of it feels motivating to know that okay if I just focus a lot on this movement I can actually climb a lot of spots because this event just ruined a lot of things for me on the leaderboard so yeah it's it's uh, really motivating to work on the weaknesses when it's like that. You know that okay, I have some some really good movements that I and I can place top five or top ten or like the rogue I had one second place and it's like yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. Yeah, you actually you had four top tens at rogue, um, and against you know the best in the world, uh, so that's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Then so let me ask you this not about the what happened on the competition floor how was your first experience getting to go to rogue going through all of that um that fun stuff that rogue does it was amazing um it was an amazing competition just like how they handled the athletes and took care of us and just everything around like before the competition when we first from the day i got the invites until after the competition it's just been an adventure kind of because how they like the communication and everything was uh, it was awesome and even though like i think my goal was to maybe place like top 10 or something uh but um i think it's one of the competitions um most happy about after the competition even though i was 14 or something because i did i did get a lot of my weaknesses and it just felt good to actually get them get them in a competition and and see how how it was like one workout was the strict hands and push-ups and then we had the back squats which was also my one rm at that time uh, so uh, I was happy after the competition and so motivated to to work on my training. Maybe a bit too much, actually, because I did go back to Norway and trained a bit too much because I was just super pumped. <laughs> it was so much fun being there. And Texas was a nice, uh, nice town. And yeah. 
And you you brought a really cool uh, contingent of Norwegian athletes. Um, so how fun was that that you got to experience it with people you train with every day? Yeah, it was it was something special doing it together with the rogue with Andrea, uh, which I'm training with every day, and Jacqueline, uh, as I trained with like four years when I was on the program. They're both just such nice girls and we we are always supporting each other so it was so much fun and in the same in dubai we were four norwegian girls and it's just amazing to share the competition floor with them it feels like it's norway against the world if you understand i i do um there's actually a question here i'm going to put it up on the screen and i think i know the answer to this but does matilda ever plan to move or train regularly outside her own country you actually did that with the program already in your career. Yeah. Um, and you have it really good in Oslo right now. My guess is the answer to this is no, but I will let you answer. <laughs> yeah, um, I did train alone in Trondheim. Um, it's a bit more north than Oslo uh, for like four years. And then I I moved to to Mallorca with the program to train for the semifinals and stuff. So then I did consider to move there after I was done with my degree, like the, um, the study. Uh, but then I got the, the injury in my knee and needed a surgery. And it was nice to do that in Norway where everything was safe and I had a lot of support around me. And then I also moved to Oslo and just happened to find a really good coach, uh, a really good supportive team. And I trained with Kristin and then I felt like, okay, this is just, this is the reason I want to move outside my country because I need this environment. This community that we have in CrossFit also was, that was the thing I was looking for. If I was like going to move to the States or Spain or yeah, anywhere. Uh, so I feel like I, I found it in Norway. <laughs> And and I love being at CrossFit also, so I would probably be there. But um, I have considered being. I, I really love the warm. Um, I'm not a really fan of the winter, <laughs> except yeah. like Christmas is nice. Uh, so I have considered to to move. Um, maybe during my career, I don't know. And or if I want to go to, if I qualify for the games again and have a goal of getting an invite or qualifier for the rogue i have considered to move to the states after the semifinals until after the rogue or miami uh, just because i struggle a lot with the jet lag and I, I i felt like it affected my performance during the games and at rogue actually because i really struggle with um, with switching the the time zone so I think it would have been nice to try. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, so how long how long does it take you to get over the jet lag? I think like before the games we travel like 10 14 days before and that was not enough. Uh, even after the games I still struggled and I I think it takes so much to switch to the time zone that uh, my body just get really tired and then i'm also training the last sessions before the competitions and it's hard to have a high intensity and not get overtrained because i'm not sleeping <laughs> uh, 
and uh, also with the food and stuff it's hard eating the right amount because you have to eat like when you're uselessly sleeping so um i feel like i need a month almost to oh. not 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 to turn to the time zone but to have back to energy as well if you understand like i i can turn yep. i can manage to sleep but then i'm tired because i have tried to adjust it for maybe one or two weeks um and and you need a couple good training weeks leading into the games yeah right yeah so, um, yeah i totally I mean, understand yeah as if i qualify for the games again which i of course really hope uh I, I will probably go at least one month, three, four weeks before. Um, or maybe if I if I want to move, uh, I'll do that. I just have to see what happens. You, you can't plan anything because you have no idea if you, like, I think I can qualify again, but you never know. Maybe I'm, maybe you have one chance, you have one weekend. So it's like, it's hard. Yeah, I have, I have so many questions coming off of this. Um, so what disadvantage does that give European athletes who have to like, if you want to not have jet lag and you want to have good training sessions before the game, you have to like stop your life back home and pick up and spend a month in the United States before you can even go to the games. Yeah. It is a big disadvantage that you have to to compete in another time zone. Like, especially this year, I had never competed anything before in the States. So the first event at the Games was in the middle of the night in Norway. And that's something my body is not used to. And I think maybe you can get used to it every, every year and every time you travel. Uh, and some athletes don't have the opportunity to actually go one month before. And then, like I did this year, uh, I just felt really tired and kind of overtrained because I struggled with the energy the last week before uh, the games. So I think, like, I really want to have the games to Europe, of course. <laughs> uh, and I love to travel. I love to see other continents. I love to travel. But I think just if I was thinking about only performance... Um, I would have it in Europe. Yeah. So on top of that, let's talk about what's going on in Oslo. It's not really mentioned as a training camp, but you guys are performing at levels that some training camps wish they were. And what is the structure like? Because we all know Kristen um, she is a podium finisher at the games. Uh, she retired, uh, two years ago now. And she, I know she said on our show, she wants to be a coach, uh, special specializing in mental aspects of, uh, sport. What does the structure look like in Oslo? Who is, who is kind of running it? And then who, what are the parts and pieces? It's kind of run by everyone. <laughs> it's uh, all us athletes, um, not only us on the national team. We're 10 athletes on the national team. It's five, five. Uh, but there's also a lot of other good, um, good athletes that were on the team this year at semifinals and the games. And we also have Kristin, uh, who has the Krieger training together with Joachim Rigg, uh, her 
former coach. And my coach is Simon Olsen, who's also really, really good, but he's not like, I'm not doing everything on the Krieger program, but I'm doing some things. And I, I work with Christine, especially on the mental stuff. Um, I, so I feel like it's just, when we don't have a training camp each day. We're just training at the same time and everything does their individual stuff. And we're always cheering on each other. And some maybe on like Saturdays, we do the same Kriger Metcon or do something together. So I feel like it's the community. It's not like a, a camp, but it, it feels like a camp every day, kind of also. <laughs> so you all have different coaches on top of this. Yeah. Um, and so if you're not doing Kriger, you just kind of do that on Saturdays so you can kind of have like a little competition. Yeah. And some stuff for, yeah. Okay. And, and is Kristen really just mental or is she doing other coaching as well? She also has some athletes through the Kriger, Kriger program that she follows up individually. Uh, but for me, she's only the mental coach, but I love to train with her. And then if I'm, if she's my training partners, she's like, I'm just learning so much about how she trains. So then she's kind of a CEO coach anyways, even though Simon is my coach and I'm training with him every day. So how fit is she still? She is uh, really fit. <laughs> yeah. She's that's, yeah. she's just crazy good. Yeah. So, so let's get, we, we're past rogue. Let's talk about Dubai because you, you did amazing at Dubai and I, I actually, I'm going to pull up a picture from your Instagram real quick. Um, you ended up finishing second. I need to ooh, this one. So how unique of an event was this? It was uh, really something special. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun, especially when you reached the top. <laughs> it was like when you did just take the stairs, it was just the same. You had just white walls, no windows. Every step was similar, uh, but still it just felt since you knew you were going to the top of the world tallest building, then it felt special and fun, if you understand. <laughs> Yeah. How, and my understanding is you actually started below the surface. Yeah. Two, I think one or two levels down. How warm was it in the stairwell? It was warm. You were just like sweating and sweating. Could you hear other athletes below you or above you in the stairwell no. or was it pretty? Nope. Um, I think maybe some some could, uh, but I had it was two minutes between every athlete, and Emily Rolf was in front of me, and Sahar was behind me, and me and Sahar was like similar all the way, uh, so she was like always around two minutes behind, and then Emily was a bit faster than me, so then I could I could only hear my own breathing, <laughs> no music, no other sounds, just really really tight no windows you just heard your sound of breathing in 30 minutes and just saw the same step same step same wall so 
you are you are much taller than other athletes. Did that give you an advantage in the stairs? Were you able to skip stairs? Were you able to change the focus on what muscle that was? I think it's better to have long legs than short legs, of course, in that in that event. Uh, but also um, heavier than some athletes because of my height. And uh, I could take like two and two steps at a time. But I think a lot of athletes that were shorter also could. So if I had a bit longer, maybe I could have done like three and three. Um, so I don't know. But of course, it's step ups, uh, stair, stair walking is... Uh, it's better when you're long, so probably it was so an advantage. In all the events you've done this season, where does that rank with the capital, with the stuff at the games, with uh, the world championships? Where does that event rank? Hmm, I think... Like placement, I was not really happy. I was going out a bit too slow, so I wished I pushed earlier. But like, I have never done the stairs to uh, the tallest building on there, so I had no idea how to start. And it was the same for everyone. But so, like, if I'm thinking about placement and how I did the event, it's not like too high, but just how cool the event was. I think maybe it's the coolest I've ever done. That and, and the and the first event at the games with the biking and toast to bar, they are yeah. like in first place. Very cool, but this one had a better picture at the end. Yes, <laughs> m m much more Instagram worthy than yeah. you in a bike helmet. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Uh, <laughs> um, so you ended up finishing second at at Dubai. Um, right in front, tied with, but eventually in front of with a tiebreaker, your teammate on the hustle made team, Emily Rolf. Yeah. Does that team feel like a team? Yeah, it did, especially at the, at the Dubai actually, because Emily, she had to withdraw during the games because of her, um, yeah, she got sick. Uh, so I didn't know her too well before Dubai, but it really felt like we were on one team. And when I when I knew we both actually made it to the podium after the last event, I was just so happy for both of us. Like, we did it. <laughs> it kind of felt like that. So she's a really nice girl, and it, it felt like we were on a team, even though we were competitors uh, during the weekend. So it's she and the Norwegian girls, <laughs> and of course, all the athletes. It's nice to just... You, you feel like you're training with your competitors. So it's it's always um, good vibes backstage. <laughs> Were Craig and Jazz at Dubai? Yeah. So it was extra special to have them there. And we went out to eat pizza and watch the football game and took some beers and celebrated after the, the event on Sunday. Has that sponsorship allowed you to not need to work? Because I know it, last time we talked, you still own an affiliate. Yeah. Uh, I still do, but I'm not working there. And it's also um, far from Oslo. So 
I'm not doing any work uh, and has made has made it possible to me being a full-time athlete so it's been a, a big game changer for me the last uh, year and this season are they your only sponsor or has this off season helped you get more it has helped me get more or like increase the support from some of my um sponsorship i had before i qualified uh, but they are like my main sponsor it's the biggest sponsor and uh, I have some other things, other sponsor that helps me. Yeah, and supports. So with them being a clothing per group and you being so tall, do they get stuff specially made for you or can you buy off the rack? I can buy off the rack. <laughs> I'm tall, but I, I think, uh, I think maybe leggings especially is just, too long for some shorter athletes and for me they are perfect <laughs> kind of so gotcha i'm tall but i'm not that tall <laughs> if you understand yeah. it just looks that because so many crossfit athletes are shorter yeah like the the difference on the floor is big but in in regular life you're you're not that tall no now that i'm home like i had a christmas and party kind of with my friends from from high school here in uh, in my town and i like everyone is as tall as me almost so it's like wow i'm i'm with people at my same height <laughs> i'm not used to that in crossfit now <laughs> i do have to tell you you're getting a lot of compliments on your sweater oh thank you <laughs> in the it's really so, Norwegian, yeah. I feel. in christmas winter they, they say you look very, very cozy. Yeah, <laughs> it feels cozy here. <laughs> well, we're coming down to the last 10 minutes and because I know you have a swim session yeah. uh, you need to get to. So I want to talk about the travel aspect real quick. You, when If you follow your Instagram, you're using these competitions to have a blast yes. and to see the world. And my first question is, would you rather be in the mountains or the beaches? Beach. Beach. The and you live in the mountains, right? I'm, I'm a beach person. Yeah. What is it like training? Because I see you like training at all these warm locations near a beach. Are the training set? Is it hard to train when you see that beauty just outside the door? Mm, no, uh, because um, I love the beach, but I love CrossFit even more. <laughs> so awesome. uh, I'm, I'm motivated enough for now, and I want to be that good that I, I want to train before I'm going to the beach. And also I'm not like laying six hours between my sessions because I know I can't get dehydrated and stuff. So, uh, but it's, it's also motivating that I know, okay, I'm doing my session and then I have some hours at the beach after, uh, and then you could just... I'm relaxing really good at the beach and at home I can be more like, Oh, I have to do something like washing clothes or so uh, I feel like I'm, I'm recovering really good at the beach. If I drink enough water, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing helps yeah. de-stress like, uh, like the waves in the sand. No, that's true. But it's hard I training in the warm, like, because we're not used to it. Like if it's really sunny and warm and, 
uh, it's hard, but also the body feels better, like the, the joints. Uh, so it's like a balance. Yeah. Yeah. If I go to a beach, I'm asleep in like five minutes. Yeah. The, the waves put me to sleep instantly. It's a good feeling. Um, so I want to talk about 2023. You are not coming to Miami. I'm so bummed. But maybe next year. Yes. So they've made they've announced the, the structure change. There's only going to be one European semifinal. We don't even know what the qualifying spots are. It's a minimum of five. Do you do you even think about that stuff? Or do you just say, I'm going to train the way I train and it'll be what it is? Both. <laughs> um, I think I have to just train as good as I can, be as good as I can be, and do my very best to go back to the games. But I'm also pretty happy about the new structure. I think we might get more spots in total than this year because... Europe is coming. <laughs> um, and I know Europeans did really good in the quarterfinals and stuff this year. So I did feel like we deserve some more spots. Uh, so I hope we will. And I also think it's fair that the workouts are the same and that you compete against kind of the top 10 instead of the top five. Uh, because it's hard to like rank the athletes maybe uh, when you have two semifinals it, it can be that one semifinal is harder than the other so i think it's good for europe that it's uh, the change and you still only have one chance anyways like last year also i i couldn't choose semifinal or like if i was sick my semifinals i couldn't ask to get in the other weekend so it's kind of the same you have one weekend you have to come this weekend and you have to perform this weekend yeah, I think from a fan's perspective, top 10 makes a lot of sense because as you're watching, you know that the athletes in the final heat are in. Yeah. And the athletes right. in, the, in the next to last heat are trying to get in. And so it adds drama to that. My only worry about the new structure is 60 athletes. Yes, I agree. And how do you get all those people in in quick enough time to not – give a disadvantage to people that have to sit around and wait all day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and it also feel like when you're at the semifinals this year, it feels kind of like, like, wow, I placed top five in a competition with high level athletes, but then it might feel more weird to qualify with a 10th place kind of, I don't know. I think like, if you only I, if you just qualify, it's, that's the goal. Yeah, it's amazing enough, but uh, yeah. I, I think mentally, if you finish top 10 at Rogue, you feel as good as if you finish top five at Wadapalooza. Yeah. It, it, and that may not be the best example, but like some competitions are just better than others. Yeah. And it makes that what is good, a good finish in that competition, very, very different. Yeah. Um, so you got a lot of competition in this off season. Do you think you needed to have that competition 
to understand what to do live when you're going against others? Yes, that's why I did it as, as well. I think like only having off-season training and work on my weaknesses, especially after my surgery and like strength only, it would probably have been the best for my strength numbers. But at the same time, I think my performance in the 2023 season will be better because I have more competition experience because I had my rookie season and I've actually, I haven't competed so much individually before this season because of COVID. I only did the semifinals online last year. And before COVID, I only went on team stuff and I, I wasn't that good as I am now. So I think that um, I have grown a lot of, I've grown as an athlete because of all the competition this year. Um, and that was important for my performance next year, I think. I'm glad you brought up the knee surgery one more time because I, I don't think people realize going into 2022, you had knee surgery and had to recover from that and jump into the season. At what point during 2022 or this off season, did you feel like your knee was back or are you still getting there? Mm. No, I feel it's back. I feel like I reached my old numbers and uh, maybe just some months before the semifinals, one month before the semifinals, I feel like, okay, I'm back at my old strength numbers. But also since I struggled like two years, I kind of lost two years of strength training in especially my legs, which is my biggest weakness. Uh, so I know the old numbers isn't good enough. Um, and maybe after the, the semifinal and the games, I finally got the opportunity to actually get stronger. And now the last, like during the semifinals and the games, I still struggle with some pain, like running especially and jumping, squatting, thrusters, pistols and stuff. But now after this season, I really feel like I can do everything. I can jump and run in the same workout uh, and I can do pistols again, but I still only do them in competitions because yeah, you know, I don't want to have a new injury. <laughs> and, um, and just to remind our audience, your knee injury was a bicycle accident. No, it was actually cross country skiing. Cross country skiing. But I had a bicycle okay. accident for the semifinals. Then I had a fracture in my wrist and uh, concussion uh, before the semifinal. But it, it wasn't too serious. See, you got me up early and my it all got mixed in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew you had a bicycle accident, which blew me away that you said tied for first for your favorite event that you did this year was the bicycle event. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh... It was, it was so much fun. And I think it, it was also my first event ever at the games, which felt really, really big. And I also was the first one off the toaster bar, which was the first moment in my first event at the games ever in my career. So it just felt like surreal. I was just done with the toaster bar before anyone else. And just, yeah, it just felt it was some like those 10 seconds. I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm here and it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, getting first off the toaster bar made it easy for us to get pictures of you. 
that's good. <laughs> that's why I did Just it. So you know. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. hold through. So the chest bar was a bit, it was maybe not the best idea, but uh, I'm happy. It, it was, I, I got seven or something. Anyway, it was good. Well, Matilda, I am so happy you got to jump on with us. I hope you had an amazing Christmas. And I know you still have holiday parties this week. Uh, so enjoy that and your swim session this afternoon. We will be rooting for you next season. Um, because I, I know you saw for Dubai, I you were my number one pick in my fantasy draft. I saw, thank you. <laughs> and, and that made it, that made me, I actually picked you, Emily and Karen on my and fantasy no, team. That was crazy. And had the entire podium. Um, and everybody was making fun of me. Well, I got the last laugh. That is true. It was, um, that was fun. <laughs> so uh, as I told you uh, yesterday, I'll get up early for you to uh, be able to have you on my show. I'm so glad you did this and I'll be rooting for you next season. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me again. It's always nice being here in your podcast. <laughs> Yeah. And good luck today in your swim. Thank you. <laughs>